Welcome to That's Marketing Baby, the weekly show where two marketing besties talk all things marketing in the world of B2B and B2C. I'm your co-host, Susan Winograd, and I've spent over 20 years in marketing focusing on paid media and email marketing. And I'm Jess Cook, copywriter and creative director turned content marketer. Every week, we'll tackle a topic that's on our minds and hopefully yours too. Ready? Let's go. That's Marketing Baby is brought to you by Aircule. Aircule is an agency that helps small content teams get control of their SEO, analytics, and content strategy. Susan and I have both worked with the Aircule team. They're amazing. They're super smart, and their free app, Atimo, tells you what content is performing, what isn't, and what to work on next. My favorite feature are knowing what pages are my wallflowers. These are pages with good engagement that aren't getting much traffic. Then I can figure out what to do next. Check it out at otimo.cool. That's O-T-T-I-M-O dot C-O-O-L. And now on to the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to That's Marketing, Baby. Hello, hello. Jess Cook here, head of content at Lasso. And I'm here with my amazing friend, co-host, <laughs> ex-work wife, current, I don't know, podcast <laughs> wife. <laughs> podcast wife and marketing bestie. <laughs> Susan Wenigrad. Hey, everybody. It's so lovely to be back again to geek out about things like content and numbers and all the things that make our world go round during the week as marketers. That's right. We had a really, really great feedback on our episode about metrics. And so we wanted to kind of bring you another episode around data, around numbers and the maths. Yeah, people seemed to enjoy it. Anecdotally, it was like I got a lot of outreach where people were like, that was so good. That yeah. was helpful. And I was like, huh. I'm like, okay, because it's interesting with podcasts like this. You never know, like, do they care more about the content? Do they care about data? And right. ideally, they care about both. Like, that's what we want everybody to start embracing is that both these things work together. But it was kind of fun to hear people saying, I was writing down some of the metrics you guys were talking about, and I can't wait to use them. And it, hey, it was flattering. And it was exciting. Yeah. Like, Yay, people are measuring content stuff. <laughs> But then we were like, you know, we could keep talking about that because that's our whole world. So here we yeah. are. Just like, you know what? We're going to talk about that again. That's right. So to hear today, <laughs> we're going to talk about telling stories with data. So I think this is going to be really important moving forward with the adoption of AI. I feel like I just hear more and more about it every week. It's crazy. I know it. But I think anything that is proprietary first party data, because it's yours, because you own it, because it's unique, because it's not anything you can get from AI, mm. like these kinds of like reports or just like, you know, survey results or findings that are proprietary to your brand are mm -hmm. going to be more important and more powerful moving forward. So we wanted to kind of just bring you some thoughts on that today. Yeah, we like hearing, we like dealing with the actual people we are selling to and having opt-in, that kind of data. It's like, you can use cohorts, you know, and media buying and stuff like that. But ultimately, you know, the, the truth comes out in things like datas and surveys and questions. And, you know, I, one of the things that I feel like we beat the drum about a lot is like, just because it's B2B doesn't mean that it's not people. Yeah. <laughs> you're not speaking to a large business. You're talking to a person who makes decisions on behalf of that large business. So it's right. important to remember that. Exactly. So... I think the first thing we want to talk about, like first step in, you know, creating some sort of like, let's just for the sake of ease, like we're just going to call it like research report, right? You can call it whatever you want, but just for our purposes. Today. So, you know, you're going to create some sort of research report. 
And there are lots of ways you can do this. You can go to, you know, some sort of research analyst firm and they will put something together for you. You can kind of help shape the narrative. But we find a lot of small teams are kind of going out on their own and doing this on their own because that's a very expensive route. That's, yes. you know, a six-figure route. And budgets as they are right now, that's probably not something you're looking to do at the moment. So what the kind of the way we're going to talk about this is, you know, you have a small team, you're going to take this on on your own. Like, what do you do? So first it's like, Think about what is it that you're trying to learn? Like, what's the story you want to tell? You know, you understand like your brand's point of view is Mm -hmm. X. And so it's probably going to be something that supports that point of view, right? And so you have to really figure out like what that is and then let the questions that you're going to ask in this survey or quiz or whatever it is, form, be guided by that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're talking about, I don't know, let's make up a fake company and we'll weave that into our our narrative here today. TMB Inc. That's marketing baby that's marketing baby ink. LLC. Oh, ooh. Okay. So we want to show, hey, there's not a lot of podcasts out there with two female hosts in marketing, right? Yeah. Like that's just an observation I've had. So let's do some let's do some research there. So, you know, that's kind of the story we want to tell. Like we want to not that we want to like fudge numbers or we want to like try to promote our point only. We want to see what's going on out there in terms yeah. of, hey, are there are there really not many shows with two women marketers. Is this something I'm just noticing? Am I seeing something in an echo chamber or vacuum that's not true or or whatever? So now we're going to move on to, that's like the story we want to tell. And now we want... Or confirm. So I think there's also like, where you want to tell whether it's true or false. I think that's the other piece that's important. Is that like, to your point, you don't want to format this thing so that it comes out looking the way you want it to. You know, I think that that's the other hard part is that a lot of companies are like, we want to show that we're the best at this or we're the only one that does this. And it's kind of like, it's almost like you have to go into it like it's a test. <laughs> you know, right? you know, it's like you're surveying, but it's also a test. So, and I think that's where the question part can get hard because everybody's biases kind of leak into the way that they ask the question. So I think as you start to kind of formulate, what is it we want to learn? It would probably be good to have some people that are not biased like you are as the question maker, take a look at them and say, does this feel like it's trying to push you? Absolutely. To other, you know? Yeah. Yes. Unbiased third party is always good to just yep. get some feedback from for that. So, you know, I think a lot of us have put surveys together before for these kinds of purposes, but like there's some other really interesting ways you can go about this. So something that Susan and I had really great success with as our, you know, when we were a team at Marpipe was we kind of turned it into a quiz. We made it more of like this kind of fun, interactive, you know, kind of guessing game that just happened to actually be a survey that we got some results out of and turned into a research report. So if you can find like sneaky ways like that, right? Like let's say you already have a podcast and you're already sending people a form to, you know, upload their headshot and their bio, like throw a couple questions in there, three Mm -hmm. or five questions that are like either yes or no, make it short, right? Make it easy. Like might be something that could be interesting that when you have 10 of those filled out, you can say, you know, 70% of you know, podcast listeners have only heard or haven't heard a podcast with two female hosts, right? Yeah. Like those are the kinds of things that you can kind of toss in, find something that you already have in motion, a process that you already have going and try to find a way to fit it in. You're not trying to build something new all the yeah, time. Yeah. I think that's the thing. It's, and like I've mentioned on previous podcasts, you're like my repurposing queen. <laughs> You're really good. Yeah, yeah. You're like, don't do it new. Just use what you have and like add in one question and that'll take care. I'm like, God, yeah. Why do I keep trying to build all this stuff from the ground up? Why do I do this to myself? But yeah, you were really good about just kind of sneaking that in there. And I think, you know, for the size companies that we're talking to also, it's, I feel like it ranges where people are like, well, we have a lot of captive people, but 
we're not doing a good job of building newsletters, right? So it's like, if you're just starting those motions, just build it in from the start and you'll get so much more data. You know, it's kind of like, to your point, if you're just starting to stand up these types of programs, look at where you can insert one or two extra questions that over time will give you that kind of insight. Totally. And then I think another thing to know is like the, where the data gets interesting when you're done, when you, your surveys, you know, completed is how you splice it. So just make mm -hmm. sure that you're including questions about like the things you would need to know in order to cut that data different ways. So like, you know, region or tenure in the industry or job title, job seniority, income level, whatever helps you splice up the data and really get a deeper story. Just try to include a couple of those qualifiers. I think splicing it in ways that you know matter to your brand is good yes. too. Because I feel like some marketers get overwhelmed. They're like, oh, but there's so much data. And it's like, then just splice it the way you think you're going to need. Like if you're B2B SaaS and you know that, you know, there's a pretty clear qualifier. And we've talked about this, about asking it even when people sign up for the newsletter, like how much, you know, how many employees do you have or how big is your company? Like those simple yes, no's. You can use those as a guideline too, where it's like, okay, yeah. so, you know, what type, what vertical are you in? You know, it's kind of like, it, and if, you know, 85% of them are in apparel, you're like, oh, okay, well, there we go. So there's some things that you either know about your brand that make the data story more compelling if you can splice it certain ways. But I think the other piece too is like, is there something you don't know that might help you as a marketer moving forward? So like, like let's yeah, say 85% of the TMB Inc. people that answer our questions are like, I buy shoes. I, I, work in the, you know, I'm a, I work in the shoe vertical or whatever it is. There might be things that just are not obvious to you on the surface where it's kind of like, oh, okay. So apparently there's like word of mouth happening in these verticals for this podcast. And we're starting to see you know, disproportionately large number of users from there. So if there's questions like that, that you don't know the answer to, it could be a good way for you to learn to. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. I think what, like something that really helped me understand this when I was at Fastly, you know, we are a global company and we had field marketers all over the world. And we did this enormous research report on web security. And one of the ways that we knew we wanted to split the data was by region. And what that did was it helped each of those field marketers, you know, in the Nordics and in South America and in EMEA and in Asia, take that information and make it way more relevant to their markets so that we had kind of this, we were able to take that and like do this PR blitz globally. That was really, really helpful. Now that was a big company. We had a pretty big budget for that. But like, just think about those things. Like what are the ways that you can split this up and get a little more juice out of it as you're thinking of those questions? Okay, so we have kind of figured out like, what we want to say, like what story we're trying to tell. We have come up with our questions. We have now run our survey, right? We've either, you know, added this to our podcast booking motion or we have put it in our newsletter. Yeah. You know, hey, maybe this necessitated its very own survey that we had to send out. We needed a pool of people to answer. And now we have the data back and it's like, okay, now we have this giant spreadsheet of stuff and we have to get into it. So, and I will say right here now, not a numbers person, not a math person. <laughs> Here's an Excel sheet that has a lot of stuff. <laughs> you do something with this, please. <laughs> like, make the numbers make sense. Someone Susan. take me away. But I think one thing that helps me as I sit down to look at that, and I would love to hear how you like approach this too, Susan, is mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm not here to do math. All I need to do is like start to look for themes. Like where did people answer similarly? What are things that stand out that are really surprising? What is maybe going against something that was conventional that I thought before? So just try to kind of look for those themes. You can always, you know, grab a data analyst or find somebody that can like actually run the numbers for you. But what you're going to want to do is like a marketer 
remember is really just start to pull out some themes and some points where it's like people are starting to say the same things over and over. Yeah. And I think a compelling way, like depending on how you set it up, one of the easiest ways to do that, and I use this a lot, even like when I even when I do things like Google ads audits, and I'm just looking at what people search for. And like when I look for patterns, I'm just a very visual person. So it can be like my ADD brain starts getting like really lost if I try and look at the detail too much, because then I'm like, I start overthinking it. So one of the things that can be helpful is if you export your results. And like, if there's a lot of like, yes, no, or a lot of drop downs, I love making a simple pivot table yes. and just taking each response and dropping it in and changing it to count of. So like make it a count function. So it'll be like, here's this question. Here's the number of people that said that they were in North America. You know what I mean? So it's like you drop it in as just a data value and it will count up oh, the total number. It does it for you? Yeah, it does. It. Oh, <laughs> that's my kind of thing. I got to show you how to do some of this stuff myself. It'll make your life as a content marketer so much easier. But then you can do things also like, you can just apply filters. So like to your point, if there's like a term or a word or something you see happening over and over, you can just filter for that and then look at how many records there are that use that that word, right? Oh, amazing. So there's things like, yeah, and I'm just, this, this all comes from paid search stuff. So yeah. it's like, that, that was always the beauty of paid search is I'm like, it keeps you very equally a word nerd and an analytics person. So it's like, you learn how to apply numbers to words, which yeah. is like my favorite thing ever. That's a magic, that's a superpower. It's super helpful. So in those surveys, things like that, though, it's like, and you don't have to be an Excel whiz to do it. Like if you can just do like insert pivot table and then just, you know, you'll see a list of the values. And if you just drop that into column, it'll make it like a sum. You can just click on it, change it to count, and it'll just give you a count. And then if you want to, you can be like, change it. So it's what percent is this of the total? So yeah. it'll like break down for you. Like this is what percentage it was of all the respondents. So anytime we've done surveys, that's usually how I get that insight quick. And then a lot of times that'll kind of give me that 30,000 foot view to like easily see, okay, here are the themes I'm seeing. And then I kind of know where to start digging deeper. Because for me, I just, I'm a top down person. Like all my audits are done that way where I start at the 30,000 foot level. Like, what are you trying to accomplish? Does what you have set up even start to mirror what you need to accomplish? And if not, like, let's start with the structure. Because for me, the rest of the detail isn't going to matter if that high point view isn't solidified. So I think that when we start with these surveys and we say, okay, what is it we're trying to learn? Understanding, like, do the results prove one way or the other first? I kind of have to start there. And if it's like, no, it doesn't support what, you know, what we thought it did, or it's, it's the results aren't what we thought they were, then I know where to dig down versus where if I start at the bottom and I feel like I have so much data, I don't feel like I can draw conclusions about it until it tells me where to go. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. But that's how my brain works. No, that makes total sense. I think too, this is where you'll start to see like, is the data actually supporting that story I wanted to tell? And if it does, amazing. Like, yeah. that's great. Sometimes it doesn't. And it tells <laughs> maybe either the opposite or, you know, it just isn't quite as strongly supporting what you wanted it to. And that's okay, too. That might mean you need some additional follow-up, right? Like, if, let's go back to our example of TMB. <laughs> We're asking people about, you know, women yeah. in podcasting, right? And people say, you know, we realized that the our respondents said that, like, hey, you know, we asked them to tell us their top favorite podcast, marketing podcast. And we see that they're all hosted by men. Well, it doesn't mean that they prefer yeah. podcasts hosted by men. Maybe that means there are only yeah. so many podcasts hosted by women and they just don't happen to be their favorite because there's just not enough of them to you know choose from, right? And so... 
those are the things you kind of have to dig through. Maybe there's something behind the data. There might be a secondary reason that it's not telling your story. And you might need to dig into that a little bit deeper, which might mean you have to do some follow-ups. And it's like the whole correlation doesn't equal causation. right? It's like, and I think it's so easy, especially, you know, if, if it's a brand that's really wanting to tell this story, it's like, it's tempting for them to be like, oh, see, we proved it. <laughs> yeah. You're right. And it's like, well, but you might not be, yeah. you know, it's like the outcome might be correct, but the reasons why may not be. Yeah. And it's sure. difficult to capture until you see those high level results that show you that something is happening one way or the other. Yeah, absolutely. So we want to move on now, you know, trying to keep this short and light and yeah. spicy for y'all. So we want to move on to the final thing, which is like, okay, how do you then kind of take those themes? Maybe you've had someone run through the numbers who's amazing, like Susan, and really knows what they're doing. <laughs> I Not can't me. The tables. It doesn't mean <laughs> there, are, there are people with far more qualifications than I. I just, I, I figured out how to make it work for my brain so I can interpret things. I don't know that it works for everybody. Well, hey, I don't even know how to do that. So there's going to be a point where you're like, okay, I need to turn this into some sort of report. I want to kind of break up these, you know, maybe I have like five stats that are really interesting that I want to use, you know, in social, or I want to get this out in newsletter, whatever. Don't get so excited that you just kind of throw those stats out there, right? Take some time to tell a story within each of those. And what I mean by that is like, try to find some way for people to like understand the statistic compared to something that they already know, right? Mm-hmm. So example that I really, really like is in the study that we did at Marpipe, one of the big findings was that marketers can only guess winning ad creative 52% of the time. And I could have just put that as like the headline stat, right? Like that's pretty interesting. But I think the way that we actually worded it, which was when it comes to trusting marketers' creative intuition, you might as well flip a coin. Yeah. It's even more interesting, right? Because everybody gets that. Yep. You basically have a 50-50 chance. And it mm-hmm. says that without actually saying it. So I think it's there's something really magical and really intriguing about finding ways to write your stats in that way, your top line stats, as a hook to get people even more excited to read further. I feel like this is also something, I mean, we joke about, you know, analysts being good at the pivot tables and stuff, but this is the part where actually they're not very good at it, typically, which I get. I mean, it's, you know, I'm odd in that I'm very right brain, left brain. And I've, I didn't know that that was rare until I was in the business world. And I was kind of like, wow, some of these people are amazing with Excel sheets and I could look at it and understand what was going on. But then I'd sit in meetings and realize they weren't explaining it well to the people that would understand yeah. from a story-based perspective and then vice versa, where it's like there'd be people that are telling a great story and I'm like, okay, but where's the meat of like where you got this from, right? So I think that's really a skill that I think a lot of marketers work on pretty much their whole career. I mean, it's it's not, a, it never, I don't want to say it never comes naturally, but it's just every situation so different that it's not like there's a paint by number way that I found that works, you know, and it like some of it depends on the brand you're dealing with and, you know, who it is you're presenting to. But even I honestly feel like the best way to get better at that is to work at an agency and have to deliver weekly reports to clients. (laughs) That was, I mean, that was really the way that I got better about understanding like, oh, they don't, I'm enthralled by this detail, but they're not. So how do I bottom line this for them? It's a muscle you have to work at. You know, it's like, it does take a lot of practice to kind of figure out how to not be so close to the data that you understand how to present it that way to people that are not staring at the Excel sheets. But it does, it's it's a skill set. And I think that's usually one of the things that I run into a lot, actually, in general, is just, you know, I run into agencies, you know, I'll be working with a client like this agency just sends us like 
tons of Excel sheets and I like, I don't understand, are we doing well or are we not? You know, so it's, I think that it's such an undervalued skill set until people realize it's needed. And then they're like, where is my Jess Cook? <laughs> it's like, I have this massive pivot table and all this data, but I don't know what it means. You yeah. Know? That's where it gets easy to start. That's why it's like understanding what is your, what are you trying to learn from the get-go? Yes. It's so important because once you get all that data, you're going to see 50 different things. You're going to be like, oh, but there's this and oh, but there's this. It's like, just keep your eye on the ball. You can circle back to that other stuff. Yeah. But you have to keep your eye on what it was you're originally trying to figure out. What are the three to five little tiny data stories within the bigger data story you can pull out that will best support that thing you were trying to say? Yeah. And to go back to this, like, how do you, how do you give each of those data points a story? I always liken it to, you know how you're like, you have a picture of something, but you're like, somebody's not going to understand like how tiny this thing is or how big this thing is, unless I put like my hand next to it or a dollar next to it. Right. It's like that. Like you have to give something in relation to the thing that you're seeing for people to wrap their head around it. And so I think if you think about it in that way, like how can I deliver this information in a way that people are going to be like, whoa, that is crazy, right? (laughs) That's how I see it. Yeah, especially with things like data where it just feels kind of obtuse. (laughs) It's just like you don't really, I mean, I make a physical product, as you know. So it's like, it's easy for me to be like, okay, so when I take the photos, I put, you know, there's something in it that gives you a sense of context. Yes. For size and relative nature of this thing. But it is with data, you're kind of like, here are all these numbers, and now I got to find a number or something that makes this make sense. It's harder, you know? It's, yeah. it's And that's all, I feel like that's kind of indicative of the challenge of B2B overall is that it's not a physical product, right? So yes. this is something, the relativity of all these things yes. with data and B2B always becomes an issue. But Making yeah, it's like- the abstract concrete for yes. sure. Exactly. That was why I loved the flip a coin thing because it's like, oh, okay, so it's chance. Like you immediately know what that means. You know, when you, when you say flip a coin, you're like, oh, I know what that means. You yeah. know, so it's like, but it's funny how hard it can be coming up with the simplest stuff. You're like, what's a simple way to think of this? Yeah. And it's, you spend hours trying to find a simple way. And you're like, if it's simple, why is it taking me hours to do this? Yeah. I feel, you know, a lot of the things that I see, I feel like that the storytelling is where things fall down a lot of times. And we see it not just, I mean, set aside surveys. I feel like this is such a valuable discussion about making stats in B2B enticing in general. Yeah. I feel like one of the things that I work on a lot, especially lately, both with, you know, ad copy and email copy is helping people understand how to make it compelling. Because I think it's to them, it's compelling. They're like, oh, we found that, you know, X in this report that we did. And it's like, but that's, they don't care about your report. They care, you know, like they care about different things than you do. And so it's trying to help them step back from the being so product marketing focused. And it's kind of like, you got to be marketer led on this. And it's like, if you didn't know anything about this, what would make you stop and be curious about it? Yeah. So it's it's hard to get away from it. And it's like, whether you're doing it, telling stories with data and surveys or in reports or, just, you know, delivering it in ads. It's like trying to take that learning and make it compelling. I feel like there's a lot of really interesting learnings in B2B, but more than half of them just aren't packaged well. Yeah, and exactly. So they're just like, no one liked our white paper. I'm like, cause that's what, no one wants to hear you brag about your white paper. They don't care. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's not what they care about. They might care what's in it, but you have to make them care about it. Like, yeah. why would they care? It's very easy to be like, download our latest white paper. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just uh, like, I didn't hear you. Yeah. I was asleep. <laughs> There's not enough coffee in the world yeah. for those. So it's yeah. I mean, I feel like it's just such a, a needed skill set that is still 
being developed. I mean, I, I think it's just kind of this old school B2B thing that's been around forever that like B2B is stuffy and it's corporate and blah, blah, blah. And it's yeah. kind of like, okay, but not anymore. I think this is why infographics have like are so helpful for things mm -hmm. like this too. Cause you can just show someone, right? Yeah. Like if it's 50%, you know, there's a very interesting visual way to depict that. I actually, I once, and gosh, I wish I remembered this guy's name. He's fascinating. I heard him speak at a conference years ago now, but he was a, he was a consultant for Disney and uh -huh. he was like part of the team that actually like came up with like the magic band and like all these crazy things. He came up with, I don't know if you've ever had the slinky dog, but it's like this hot dog that is I've like seen it. coil shaped, you, right? You know, we're Disney people. Yeah, so. yeah. And you and I, I have, I've seen it. I haven't, I haven't actually. I haven't it either, but he's telling the story about how he came up with the slinky dog and it's like a coil shaped hot dog. And you know, it's named after the, the toy story character. And he was like, I sold that into Disney with a drawing and a name, a picture yeah. and a name. You would not believe the number of times like I've, me, myself, I've sold an idea in, in my agency days with a picture yep. and a name. Like if you can connect those two and instantly get people to be like, I get it. Like yeah. that's so powerful. And so I think that's what we're trying to say. You have to do with data for people to be like, okay, I get it. That's interesting. And I want to know more. You have to make the data intuitive. It's yeah. like you have to translate into something that their mind will immediately recognize, which is hard. I mean, it's, it's harder than it sounds. You yeah. know, like I said, it's like it takes hours to make something simple. You know, there's, totally. there's I forget what that saying is where it's like, you know, someone's a master of something because they make it simpler, not more complicated or something. There's some saying, yeah. <laughs> you can tell I'm an exhausted mom who's <laughs> having coffee all morning because I don't even remember these famous things anymore. But there's something about like how the art form is actually making things simple, you yeah. know, as, as opposed to complicated. For sure. I feel like we've beat this point <laughs> to a pulp. Yeah. You get it. Make it you interesting. It. Don't just show yep. me numbers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, that was it. I mean, I think, you know, data is fun. Data is interesting. And data is going to be really important moving forward. Like, get you that data, figure yep. out how to do some first party research. Because if you're a Susan, you find a Jess. And if you're a Jess, you find a Susan. Right. <laughs> find your significant marketing other and go to town. Exactly. Have a good time with that. It took us, you know, 20 some years working in this That's field right. to find each other. So find each other. It'd take you a little while, but they're out there. <laughs> they are. <laughs> so I think that's it for this week. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We're very excited to see all these consistent downloads. And we've gotten some great feedback and some really good suggestions for future topics. Yeah. So please keep that. Like, we've, we're banking so many of them now. I'm like, wow, we have like a year's worth of podcast episodes we could probably map out from what we've gotten. So yes. thank you all so much. Keep them um, coming. Yes. And it's so fun to hear from just getting direct messages about how you liked it, suggestions and all that stuff. It's really, really fun talking with you guys directly. So thank Absolutely. you for that. Awesome. Um, so we will see you next week. Have a great marketing week. That's marketing, baby. Marketing, baby. <laughs> Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of That's Marketing, Baby. Like what you heard? Please give us some love with a review. And don't forget to hop into our community list at thatsmarketingbaby.com to get more helpful tips, resources, and thoughts from us. See you next week.